When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, Art. Thanks for having me on your show. No, 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 Andy. We co-host this show together. That's right. We're both your co-hosts. You're being the Bunk Funker listeners. That's right. I'm equally culpable for all of the content here. true. You are are not putting this all on me. And you know what, Andy? I don't know what it is. I just, uh, there's just something inside of me. That is making me feel like I know what to say and what to do, even though this is only the second time I've ever done this. Yeah, I don't know what it is either, but... um, We feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. It feels more... I mean, it's strange still to be uh, abducted. Something is coming out of me, Andy, much like today's topic. It is something stinky, but that's unrelated. Right, yeah. Yeah, you... uh, you do have a lot oozing out of you. You have a definitely a greasy I made a fart and it dropped on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You seen that meme with SpongeBob? Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a good meme. Um, we're talking today, Andy, about Gloria Ramirez, the, the curious death. The very strange death and circumstances surrounding the, the death. death of Gloria. <laughs> Gloria Ramirez. Gloria Ramirez. Who some wags and pundits have dubbed the toxic lady. Toxic lady. Is honestly not. We'll talk about it. Well, we'll talk about it. Why she's toxic. Not, what happened. Not maybe a fair characterization of Gloria Ramirez. We don't know what she did online. Um, we don't know what she did online. We don't know what we she. We don't know which fan communities she was a part of <laughs> and how she treated newbies to those communities. Yeah. She might have been really into Rick and Morty and so much so that. She started, you know, ranting and raving about Sichuan sauce at a McDonald's. We don't know that. We don't know. We don't know how much intelligence she felt you had to have to understand the show. Yeah. Your intellect had to be really high. Understand that stupid fucking show. Um, you got to be in all in all defense, though, in all seriousness, you do have to be pretty smart to understand us, too. 
That's true. You have to be very intelligent to understand this show. Because you have to be like a, a child linguist to understand how we construct sentences yeah. and what we say. <laughs> you have to be like a well-trained master's degree in child psychology to get the references and humor right. involved in this show. But Andy, or maybe if you're a plumber and you really understand <laughs> human bodily functions. Yeah. You see a lot of shit day in and day out. You're going to get this show a lot. Andy, this topic, um, this is an excellent, like true crime kind of weird paranormal adjacent, uh, topic. It's very fun. Of course. Yeah. Um, this comes to us from a bunk bunker. It does actually. This is, uh, this is a bunk funker uh, that sent um, to our. We have an email address. Oh, that's right, uh, Mister yeah. Bunkerpod at gmail dot com. Mister Bunkerpod at gmail dot com. I guess this bunk funker somehow found that out. Maybe Mister Bunker put that out somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, and this is honestly one of the nicest messages I've ever seen. Very touching, hands down. One of the nicest messages I've ever seen uh, in my life. Without uh, without revealing too much information because it's, it's a little bit personal. This but is a personal message. Uh, we respect that. A very. Touching message. I think it's fair to say that both you and I uh, were very touched by the contents of this message. Yeah, we had an actual moment of sincerity Mm -hmm. and seriousness, which is very... Super rare. We almost didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, You know, it's... uh, Because we we struggle to take things serious. (laughs) Yeah, most feedback that we get is that we're awful and Mm -hmm. that we should stop doing everything, Mm -hmm. uh, including being alive. Um, But this was a very... Very touching, heartfelt message, and um, it it certainly was resonated with both of us. Uh, oh, and yeah. Emily, we just want to say thank you for your kind words. Right, Emily Rourke. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Even I don't think just, we said her okay, name. Well, it's Emily Rourke. But, uh, Emily Rourke. but yes, um, for the topic and the message, and uh, we just our best wishes to you. That's right. We hope everything is all right in your life. Um, yeah. And we thank you for for what a great message. It was wonderful. And a great topic suggestion. A great topic suggestion. Great all around. Uh, so, you know, bunk funkers who are listening right now, like if you want to get to that, mm-hmm. that topic and yeah, see if you want to send a very nice message to us, you can do so too. <laughs> Please do that. Um, you know, you can do that. And, and of course, you can look in the show notes where you will find a, um, a uh, timestamp, I guess. Uh, some kind of uh, thing that'll take you to when the research starts. Yeah, it's like you can move the slider on a podcast app, yeah. as far as I understand, and then you could just match it up to the time. I guess we also forgot how podcast app players work. I've never used an, a smartphone before. So I don't know. Our brains feel kind of fuzzy and foggy sometimes. Yeah, a lot of when we're down here. Yeah, a lot of times I forget how to use the bathroom, and so I end up going in my pants. <laughs> And it's definitely only related to me forgetting how to use the bathroom and no other factors. And we probably shouldn't ask any more questions about it because that's just what it is. Right. Uh, But of course, you can check out the show notes, check out the timestamp. There will be one in the episode description that'll take you when the research starts. But first, Andy and I got to relay to you, well, how this guy, this titular Mr. Bunker, once again abducted us, once again got us. Yeah. Duped us. I feel like a fool. Obviously, we left the bunker. We last were able episode. to leave after the last after we recorded. And we our went last home episode. and didn't think to like take photos or like find the coordinates of the bunker. In hindsight, I wish that I would have done a few things differently. Yeah, me too. I could have. We could have both stepped out. We, we were free to leave. Uh, the doors were open. As soon as we finished recording, we, we could have taken editing. We could have taken photos. Yeah. We could have like 
of not just the bunker itself, but the general landscape. Right. Uh, we also made our way home, so we could have just plotted the route. We could have used, you know, Google Maps. Right. Or any any device. We had sure. smartphones with us. I've never used one, but we have one. And we could have used them to uh, pl- plot our way back here, figure uh-huh. out the route to yeah. and from our home, and yet we didn't do that. Uh, we also neglected to contact authorities and tell them that we had been Well, we were busy. busy. We got a lot to do. Look, I mean, we're on the hook for like this Patreon stuff. We got to do so much extra content uh, for this Patreon. We got a lot to do. Uh, This is like a full-time job. (laughs) Art spent so much time editing (laughs) that Mr. Bunker is not providing any services. I had to fucking... Learn and, and research how to edit shit all by myself. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And it shows, but we're getting better. <laughs> um, but Bumpers, we got duped again. We got duped again. And this one hurts. This one I got to really be honest hurts. to you because, you know, there are just some, there are some things that when you think, like, have you ever seen those videos of the Turkish ice cream guys? That's what this was like. Hundred percent. It's like it's like we got something dangled in our faces. We met Bob Seeger. We got we got this thing, this big, fat, meaty thing dangled in our faces, just slapping us in the face, and we were so hungry for a taste of the good life. We wanted some of that motherfucker's night moves, and that thing got retracted away from us. Like we both got a, a call from Bob Seeger himself. We, we got. Rock individually, legend. individually, yeah. we received phone calls, and I'm, I'm shitting my pants. Like this is easily the most famous person. Unrelated I've ever to, to the call, Unrelated. you were in the process I was, of shitting your pants. Remember, I forget how to use the bathroom. It doesn't know, and it doesn't have to do with anything else. It's not about lazy, being lazy, and not wanting to get up. No, no, no. It's totally for. So I get a phone call from Bob Seger while I'm in the process of shitting myself in my pants. You're like, oh. I don't, bring, stop, bring, I don't stop doing. I don't stop doing anything. <laughs> so the first thing that happens is I pick up and I go, "Hello," <laughs> and it's Bob Seeger on the other Bob end of the line, Bob and he goes, mm. <laughs> "Hi, it's he Bob Seeger." He too was in the process of shitting his pants. Yeah, we both were shitting our pants at the same time, and we bonded. We talked about shitting our pants, and Bob Bob Seeger is just wants to hang out. He says, "Come fucking hang out with me. Come fucking hang out with me." I heard that you're fucking cool and you love my old time rock and roll. My, you love that old time rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, you do that risky business thing uh, in your own home. I've seen it. You've put so many videos of yourself and your stained underwear. <laughs> oh my God. You, you had, I mean, it was cool, but Andy did get it, but it did take 280 tries. Because you kept slipping and me falling. You would try it like every fucking day. Yeah. Crash into stuff. I one time, you know, I went too far and fell out the window. <laughs> Crashed through the big picture window, fell out onto the street. But Bob Seeger was like, you guys, you are so cool. You're such a cool person. I think that you're really cool. I love hanging out with cool people. You're super cool. I think it'd be so cool if you and I could get together. I think this would be really cool for us to hang out and get to know each other. And I'm like, I'm going to fuck Bob Seger. <laughs> I was starting to get really excited. I'm like, Bob Seger wants to fuck me. There you go. So I asked my wife for permission. I was like, can Bob Seger be my hall pass? And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I said, Bob Seger wants to fuck me. And she was like, I guess. 
this doesn't sound right. And I was like, well, <laughs> I've got it still. Okay. Classic wife. You can't deal with it because I've still got it. He's going to give you some night moves. Yeah. He's going to give me the night moves. Uh, he's going to take me to Kathmandu. He's going to Kathmandu me. So we started hanging out with Bob Seger. Yeah. We both started hanging out with Bob Seger. And because you called me up, you were like, we got to come hang out with Bob I was like, Bob you got to come with me and hang out with Bob Seger. I'm going to go fuck Bob Seger. And, and, you said, were, and you were like, yeah, he called me too. I think he wants to actually fuck me. And we start talking about like, oh my God, we're going to get to Eiffel Tower, Bob Seger. He wants a threesome with us. And I'm like, I never did a treeway before. I never did a treeway before. Uh. <laughs> But I don't want to look like a dumb virgin in front of Bob Seger. Well, so Hollywood I was, Nights, baby. So I introduced myself. I'm like, hey, I'm Andy, group sex enthusiast. <laughs> and he was like, oh, <laughs> I think he shit himself again. I think he did. I think he did. But uh, I made an impression. He immediately offered us uh, a box of cigarettes. And I thought that he was asking us to be backup singers for That's him. Like the cigarettes. The cigarettes, uh, which I mean. I'm pretty sure that was a big part of the Silver Bullet Band was the cigarettes. <laughs> um, so he offers us cigarettes. They're actually named his band after Coors Light. Yeah, I know. Dude loves Coors Light. He was popping Coors Lights constantly. He's like a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he's like, he's like tapping the Rockies right in front of us. Um, he's a rambling, gambling man. <laughs> he sure is. That's all. <laughs> uh, but oh, you know, man, yeah. So we started smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I mean, and it was hard to smoke them, to be honest, because yeah. I I could barely get mine lit because you know I was trying to light it against the wind. Uh. <laughs> God fucking damn it! <laughs> Why would you light it against the wind, you dummy? I don't know. I should have shielded it with my hand, but you know. I was like, I just like, to oh, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, I shouldn't have lit it against the wind. And you know, these things, uh, these cigarettes, uh-huh. this was a problem. I mean, this thing hit me like a rock. Uh, I mean, I started to feel drowsy right away. I'm just like, roll me away. Um, but you know, I was like, whatever. We're here for this. Hanging out with Bob Seger. It's like, we've got tonight. We can just well, Andy, do this I, thing. I don't want to put you on the spot but i think you know rock and roll never forgets so yeah. bob seeger's gonna remember how fucking lame you look trying to yeah. light your cigarette against the wind yeah i know and you but know, eventually we did get them lit we did get them lit and we started smoking them and i'm telling you this thing did hit me like a rock it hit us like a rock i start to get foggy um you getting that good high yeah feeling that night moves yeah i think that these might have been this might have been a little wacky tobacco a little wacky tobacco well it turns out this is the part that really pisses us off. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't Bob Seeger. No. Turns out it was that damn titular Mr. Bunker. It's that titular Mr. Bunker. He looks exactly like Bob Seeger. He looks a lot like Bob Seeger. I don't know how he did it. He looked exactly like Bob Seeger. He disguised himself like Bob fucking If Bob Seeger walked into the room, Bob Seeger would be like, oh, fuck, there's Bob Seeger. That's how much... Mr. Bunker looked like Bob Seger. It was a great disguise. He rips off the disguise. He says, ha ha, it's me, Mr. Bunker. I got you. Yeah. Turns out the cigarettes, mind control, drug, <laughs> pharma, suitical, drug, mind control, cigarettes. 
Ejecting it. <laughs> As you can see, Art hasn't quite worn off the effects yet. But so Mr. Bunker does this and we're uh, we're conscious of everything that's going on. Right. But but we're immune to free will at this point. And he says, <laughs> OK, the way he, you said that was very confusing. He ordered, we're immune to free will. Why would you just say we were under mind control? We're immune to free will. No, we're immune to free will. We have no free will. We're immune to it. He ordered us into the bunker. I am, I am, I am immune to suffocating. I am breathing fresh air. You're not ever immune to suffocating. Oh, I guess that's true. But not under ever. the effects of these mind control cigarettes, we couldn't control we were our immune bodies. to free will. We were doing night moves all up and down. Yeah. He made his night move all the way uh, to the bunker. It was too much. I was starting to feel the fire down below. <laughs> I shot myself again. Like one of those classic Hollywood nights. Sure was. I already said that one, but I'm going to say it again. Yeah, might as well. Um, he's only got so many songs. Um, and here we are. We, got, we, we walked ourselves to the bunker. I feel like such a dolt. And you know what? If only I wasn't immune to free will during that whole time, I could have also recorded my path, but I didn't. So I still have no idea where we are. We were just too far. Like, it's like you smoke these cigarettes, your brain gets all foggy. Yeah. You're semi-conscious of what's going on. You're doing night moves. Yeah. You end up walking yourself to the bunker. Yeah. We walked right down Main Street and we just didn't, you know, we couldn't even get out of Denver. Well, Bunk Bunkers, here we are again. On the road again. On the road again, really? Here we are, up on the stage. Oh, wow. Here we go. Playing songs again. Turn the page. Turn the fucking page on this podcast because we're about to get to the research, I guess. I guess. We got nothing better to do. We're stuck down here. We decided to do it. So turn the page and let's let's explore. Let's give you the whole enchilada. I just want to say shame on the moon. How dare that moon. Fuck the moon for not helping us. Shame on the moon. Shame on the moon. I'll shame on the moon. I'll bark at the moon. I'll do lots of things to the moon. I'll do whatever the moon wants. Um, the moon is my Bob Seger. And I want to have a treeway with it. I'm going to have a treeway with Bob Seger and the moon. I'm going to fuck the moon and Bob Seger. Um, but Some also, things. I'm going to turn the page on the podcast. We're going to give you the whole enchilada on the curious death of Gloria Ramirez right here. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Waking on a night move. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Hello, Bunk Funkers. Today we are exploring a true scientific mystery, one that touches on some of my favorite subjects, medicine, chemistry, odors, truly something for all of the eggheads like me out there. So join me Andy, as we- Andy, <clears throat> Andy, mm-hmm? is that your scientist character that you do? Dr. Albert R.L. Einstein? That's right, Art. Yeah. I am Dr. Albert R.L. Einstein. Discoverer of the Goosebumps book series. Andy. Fuck. I thought you got a bunch of cease and desist letters from Albert Einstein's estate and from R.L. Stein's attorneys. 
I did. God damn it. They told me that E equaled MC Hammer in that I could, quote unquote, not touch this legacy of Albert Einstein or the intellectual property of R.L. Stein. And that if I did, they would sue me into oblivion. Oh, boy. You're going to get us into a lot of trouble. So, you know what? Keep up the good work. Anyway, let's get to today's topic, Andy. On February 19th, 1994, I'm fucking pissed at you. Is that that how you intended this? I touched a nerve. I don't know. That's how I intended it. I couldn't tell. You let me know. Maybe you, start, maybe you need to start giving me emotional cues and context in, in, certain, th- in certain ways. No, I'd rather just see how you react. <laughs> it felt apropos. I don't know. It just seemed On like I was- On February 19th. I don't know why you're so mad at the topic, though. <laughs> well, it's, I was- all carry over anger. It's almost my, my uh, second birthday. Pardon me, Dr. Albert R.L. Einstein. Andy, you're going to get more letters. On February 19th, 1994, around 8.15 p.m. local time in Riverside, California, woman, wife, and mother, 31-year-old Gloria Ramirez experienced a quickening heartbeat. Her heart was beating too fast to pump blood, so Gloria's blood pressure was dropping rapidly. Gloria was also having difficulty breathing and was not always able to form coherent responses to questions. So the people around Gloria were experiencing what it's like to have a conversation with Andy. Salmon. Almond. Mercury. Crunch room. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? You sound like an idiot. You fucking idiot. You can't say those words right. What the fuck is wrong with you? you sounds so stupid. <laughs> Anywho, (laughs) Gloria was also afflicted with late-stage cervical cancer, which had only been diagnosed six weeks earlier. Because of these issues, Gloria was transported by paramedics to the emergency room at General Hospital in Riverside, where the medical staff attempted routine procedures to stabilize Gloria by giving her sedatives and medications to steady her heartbeat. Gloria was not responding to these efforts, so uh, the staff attempted other measures. Gloria's shirt was removed so the staff could attach electrodes to her chest so her heart could be defibrillated, but nurses noticed that her skin appeared oily. They also noticed that Gloria's breath had a weird, garlicky yet fruity aroma. Nurses took a blood sample and noticed Gloria's blood smelled like ammonia and had a manila-colored debris floating in it. (laughs) This lady is like my exact double. It's it's uncanny. (laughs) Except in my blood... The floating stuff is cholesterol. Visible cholesterol. Ride the red wave, little lipid dudes. Woo! (laughs) Oh, my. Ow. Oh, God, my chest. Anyway, while the doctors and nurses were trying to figure out just what the heck was going on with Gloria Ramirez, another weird thing happened. Nurses started to experience their own strange medical symptoms. Three members of the hospital staff passed out. Others in the room began to feel nauseous, so the in-charge doctor that night evacuated the emergency room completely, ordering all the other patients and staff into the hospital's parking lot. Fears of toxic gas exposure led the staff who had been working with Gloria to strip to their underwear and put their clothes in plastic bags. Um, an underpants parking lot hospital? Uh, where do I check in? <laughs> Probably in the bowel obstruction unit. <laughs> 
<laughs> I shouldn't have stuffed stuff up my butt. Anyways. You really shouldn't have. When one of the unconscious nurses came to, she couldn't control the movements of her arms or legs. Another experienced apnea after waking up, a condition that lasted for 10 days. Um, apnea is when you periodically just stop breathing. It's the reason Andy has to wear a CPAP machine all the time. <laughs> Ultimately, 23 of the 37 staff members, 23 of the 37 staff members working in the emergency room that night reported some sort of symptoms. Five of the staff had to be hospitalized overnight for their symptoms, with one needing a two-week stay in the ICU intensive care unit. After evacuating the ER, a small group of staff stayed behind with the doctor to continue to treat Gloria. Unfortunately, their efforts were not successful, and Gloria Ramirez passed away that night at Riverside General Hospital around 8.50 p.m. local time. But this wasn't the end of her story. Two members of the staff moved Gloria's body to an isolated room in the ER. About 11 p.m. local time, a team from the Riverside County Hazardous Materials Unit wearing hazmat suits arrived. Given all the problems the doctors and nurses were having trying to treat Gloria, the hazmat team came in to check things out, searching the emergency room for any indication of toxic substances or poison gas. They didn't find anything and couldn't determine why hospital staff were getting sick. Now, nevertheless, they put Gloria's body in a body bag, uh, which was then sealed in an aluminum casket to keep it secure while waiting for an autopsy which happened nearly a week after Gloria's death. The autopsy was performed in a designated room where the medical examiners were wearing hazmat suits. Two additional autopsies were performed on Gloria's body, one six weeks after she died and one before her body was buried. Health officials would not allow Gloria's body to be released to her family for a private autopsy and final burial for two months due to concerns that the body might cause people to pass out at the funeral. The unusual story got picked up by the media. Gloria was even dubbed the toxic lady or toxic woman by the press. Apparently, the thought of a human body emitting toxic fumes was pretty captivating to people. Well, then how come there aren't more news stories about me? I emit all kinds of offensive odors that cause people to feel sick or be disgusted or ask me to leave the public library. Well, Andy, there's a difference between being captivating and holding people captive. Yeah, well, I still think I deserve some press coverage. My time's coming. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Gloria's first autopsy failed to reveal exactly what was going on with her body. The coroner's office then asked the eggheads at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, the federal research site and a big contributor to the USA's nuclear weapon technology, to check out the situation. You see, after the Cold War, nuclear weapons weren't as in demand anymore, so Livermore Lab attempted to find other scientific pursuits. One of those pursuits was establishing the Forensic Science Center, which was set up to provide elite scientific services from Livermore to law enforcement across the country. The Forensic Science Center performed the second autopsy on Gloria's body, which was a little more robust. The Livermore scientists had some of Gloria's organs shipped to their lab for analysis. Uh, the lab found indications of Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and Tygan in Gloria's body. Jeez, I don't even know what some of that stuff is. Oh, well, <laughs> Andy, that's a good thing I'm a pharmacist then. 
pharmacist. You catch my drift? No. Well, whatever. I know a lot about drugs, okay? And I definitely know how to pronounce all the scientific names correctly without any help. Oh, cool. Tylenol. Come on. You know this one, baby. It's a name brand. Uh, it's the brand name. It's the name brand of the drug. Astaminophen. Uh, Astaminophen. I know that one. Astaminophen. Astaminophen. I knew it. Which is a fever reducer and pain reliever. You've heard of it. You've had it. You might also know it by its other brand names. Uh, Akatim. Anison. AF. As fuck. Bromo Seltzer, Mapap, Mpap, Mbop, Farmbatol, uh, Tactinol, Tempera Quicklets, Tempura Shrimps, Tycholine, and Vitapap. <laughs> I know all the names. I'm the pharmacist. So they call me. I'm such a druggie. But hey, don't take too much of this stuff, capiche? It'll kill your fucking liver. Watch out. Your liver will thank you. Just trust me, the pharmacist. Tylenol will whack your liver. The farm art cyst. Um, <laughs> lidocaine is a local anesthetic, Andy. It causes you to feel numb. For all you unscrupulous drug dealers out there, you can cut your cocaine with some lidocaine and make a big profit. That's what they do. These dealers rub it on your gums. It feels the same. Spend a lot of time in Miami. <laughs> Miami. I was live in Miami in the 80s. <laughs> Miami. As for me, well, I like to inject it, uh, my hand with lidocaine and pretend a stranger is touching myself. I do myself a little ghost job. Yeah. But I don't want to sit on my hand for like 20 minutes and no. let it fall asleep. No reason to. Put some lidocaine in there. Use technology to your advantage. I'm the pharmacist. Codeine. <clears throat> Ooh, baby. This is an opioid pain reliever. Of course, uh, you might know it by one of its street names, Captain Cody. Cody, Little C, Lean, or Schoolboy. That's what I say. I go, hey, you got any schoolboys? And then I get in a lot of trouble. Chris Hansen asked me to take a seat. I'm looking for some schoolboys I can put in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I just want something to make me feel nice and good. Just want some schoolboy. Just give me a few schoolboys. That'll help me feel better. Mix codeine and cough syrup with your Mountain Dew, and you've got purple drink, scissor, or Texas tea. Give me that lean. I'm, I know what's up. Or combine your codeine with the hypnotic sedative uh, glutathymide. Glutathymide, yeah. To get loads, pancakes, and syrup. Or Doors and Fours, just like the No Effects songs. You get it. Yeah, I get it. We're all big Fat Mike fans. Uh, Tygan is a <clears throat> brand name of the drug. Try mm, benzamide, uh, which is used to prevent nausea and vomiting. In your body, Tygan breaks down into amines, derivatives of ammonia. And it's been speculated that amines... Amines um, could have been responsible for the ammonia scent present in Gloria's blood sample taken while in the ER. Wow. That was really informative, Art. Do you know anything about dimethyl sulfone? Because the eggheads at Livermore Lab also found dimethyl sulfone in Gloria's body. Oh, uh, well, you know, dimethyl sulfone isn't really a drug, Andy. 
It's more of an organic chemical compound. And despite what it says on my ID and on my business cards and on that sign out in front of my house, I'm not a doctor. But hey, let me give it a shot. Bend over. Going in your bum. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like a rabies shot. Let's go. Where does this go? Your butt? Yeah, I think they go directly into the butthole. <laughs> well, I sure hope so because I, I only, had rabies. It's only a suppository. Because that guy in the alley told me I had rabies last week. Yeah. And so he put something up my butt. Yeah, he used his applicator to give you the suppository. Dimethyl sulfone. You are calling dimethyl sulfone. Thank you for, what is it? Thank you for calling dimethyl sulfone. <laughs> Movie phone. Yeah, this is almost <laughs> Ethel's cell phone. Uh, whatever. That methyl sulfone is an organic sulfur compound that is naturally occurring in some plants and shows up in some foods and beverages. The human body can also produce dimethyl sulfone when breaking down amino acids that contain sulfur. It's also used sometimes in dietary supplements and has been claimed to have other benefits to health, but it's never been approved for medicinal use. Now, typically, dimethyl sulfone breaks down in the body in about three days, so most people don't have a detectable amount in their system. But Gloria had a ton of it, though. Unfortunately, while strange, the presence of dimethyl sulfone didn't explain what happened the night Gloria passed away. The Livermore Lab reported back to the Riverside Coroner's Office on April 12th, 1994, about what they found and explained they did not identify the cause of the strange conditions experienced in the ER that night. The lab told the coroner that Gloria had probably taken lots of Tylenol and codeine and damaged her liver, making it difficult for her body to properly process chemicals. See? I told you, Andy, watch out for Tylenol. Wow. You really do know what you're talking about, and you definitely know how to say the scientific names and brand names of all kinds of drugs. I'm smart. Yeah. Not bunk funkers. Truly, Gloria Ramirez's death was a baffling case. On April 29th, 1994, three weeks after the Livermore autopsy was performed, the coroner's office announced the cause of Gloria's death, heart failure due to kidney failure due to late stage cervical cancer. While all of the various drugs and chemicals found in Gloria's body were not completely usual, especially the dimethyl sulfone, the coroner did not believe they were present in large enough amounts to account for Gloria's death. Now, this conclusion is somewhat interesting considering that the deputy coroner, Dan Cupido, initially said that Gloria did not die of natural causes, but later changed his opinion. The original lead investigator for the coroner's office also committed suicide a month into the investigation. Dan Cupido said the investigator, quote, may have been under pressure, end quote. While this would have seemed to wrap up the story of Gloria Ramirez's passing in a neat little package. Gloria's family didn't agree with the Riverside County conclusion. Gloria's sister claimed the hospital was at fault for Gloria's death because they had an unsafe conditions. And actually, the hospital had received citations for poor conditions there in the past with a poisonous gas leak causing two hospitalizations in 1991 and a sewage gas leaking into the ER, the very same ER where Gloria died in 1993. That's only one year. Or Gloria's passing. Officials, however, did not believe any of those issues contributed to Gloria's death. Gloria's family believed the hospital and Riverside County were engaged in an effort to cover up the true cause of Gloria's death. 
Now, we're looking at you, Dan Cupido. What do you know, Cupido? Gloria's family tried to investigate Gloria's death further, but their efforts were hindered in part because of the condition of Gloria's remains. Gloria's family, remember, only got access to Gloria's body two months after she died. By this time, the body had started to decompose. The Ramirez family's doctor could ultimately not give a definitive cause of death because Gloria's heart went missing, possibly at Livermore Lab. Uh, other organs got contaminated by poop. And then, of course, the overall decomposition of Gloria's body. So while there was now a quote-unquote unofficial, albeit disputed, cause of death for Gloria, there remained plenty of unanswered questions about what happened to hospital staff the night that she died. The Riverside County Health Department called the California Department of Health and Human Services to investigate what happened to the hospital staff the night Gloria arrived in the ER. The investigation found that staff members who worked in close proximity of Gloria, within two feet specifically, or those who worked with Gloria's intravenous tubes, suffered the most severe symptoms. The investigation also determined that those staff members experiencing symptoms had normal blood test results afterwards. Interestingly, the paramedics who transported Gloria to the hospital did not experience any symptoms like what the staff in the hospital did, uh, despite being in close proximity to Gloria and also administering an IV. They also found that women seemed to be more impacted by the symptoms than men, as were people who hadn't eaten dinner that night. Ultimately, the Department of Health and Human Services determined that staff uh, were basically stressed out and ended up suffering from mass hysteria. It's supposed that the weird smell of Gloria's blood freaked out the initial nurse, causing her to faint, which then caused a chain reaction, making a bunch of other people feel sick as well. But the staff themselves weren't convinced of this quote-unquote official explanation. After all, as we mentioned, one of the nurses spent two weeks in the ICU dealing with breathing problems. The same nurse also later developed hepatitis, pancreatitis, and experienced necrosis in her knees. Like they're... Her knee tissue started to deteriorate for what lack of blood. Fuck. The nurse had to use crutches for months after the incident. Now, surely this type of outcome could not be solely due to mass hysteria. The dispute led to a member of the hospital staff uh, contacting Livermore Lab, asking them to take a second look at the case. Livermore agreed to review the case file again, plus any developments. One of the Riverside General Hospital nurses even provided a portfolio of information she'd collected since the incident. With fresh eyes, Livermore's forensic scientists noticed something they hadn't seen before. Speculation in the coroner's autopsy report about a chemical potentially being the source of the fruity and garlicky odor nurses smelled on Gloria's body that night. Dimethyl sulfoxide, or DMSO. Hey, bugfuckers, Dr. Art, back again to explain that compound that Annie just wrote. Hey, everybody. I wrote with my mouth. Hi, Dr. Art. Hi, Dr. Art. <laughs> Dr. Quote unquote. DMSO is mostly used as a solvent for things like drug testing, things that I know a lot about, and to degrease truck axles. Honk, honk. Oh, you know a lot about trucks, too. Well, you know, I dabble. However, it's also used in some human medicinal applications, such as a topical pain reliever, anti-inflammatory, and antioxidant. Anti antioxidant. Oh, yeah. Antioxyclean. Uh, it can be used to get <clears throat> medication into the body through the skin 
or into things like fingernails and toenails. It's seen by some athletes as a good home remedy for muscle aches and soreness. And it's also used in the medical treatment of horses. (laughs) Well, if you wanted to treat my horse with it, I wouldn't say nay. (laughs) Now, you're probably thinking, wow, this stuff sounds great. So versatile. Good job, little chemical compound. And, well, here's the thing. Dimethyl sulfoxide hasn't really gotten wide acceptance in the human medicinal field because early clinical tests led to concerns about it destroying body tissue, particularly the lenses of the eyes. Other side effects include headaches, burning and itching skin, and allergic reactions. The substance can also allow toxins and contaminants an easy way to be transferred inside your body through the skin. The Livermore scientist speculated that Gloria might have used DMSO as a pain reliever and then hypothesized she covered her body with with DMSO, explaining the greasy appearance on her skin. But even with that speculation, it still didn't account for what happened at the hospital. Doing some additional research, the team found a possible chemistry explanation. Here's our best attempt to explain it. DMSO can react with oxygen. If DMSO adds one oxygen atom, that becomes dimethyl sulfone, the chemical the Livermore team found in abundance in Gloria's body. Now, if that dimethyl sulfone adds two oxygen atoms, it becomes dimethyl sulfate. Dimethyl sulfate vapors are pretty nasty. In the human body, the vapors can destroy tissue and cause paralysis, convulsions, and delirium, among other things. Now, the Forensic Science Center suggests that Gloria had covered her body in DMSO, again, using it as a pain reliever, the Livermore Eggheads, which sounds like the worst British invasion band, were the Livermore Eggheads. Here's our song, uh, Hopelessly Pining Away For You. (laughs) Uh, Further hypothesized, the Livermore Eggheads further hypothesized that uh, kidney failure Gloria experienced due to her cancer led to a urinary blockage. She couldn't piss which caused the DMSO to build up in her body. These eggheads also suggested that oxygen given to Gloria in the ambulance and at the hospital caused the DMSO in her body to turn into dimethyl sulfone. Dimethyl sulfone can turn into crystals at room temperature, which could have explained the weird floatsies in Gloria's blood sample. The Livermore scientists further speculated that at least some of the dimethyl sulfone broke apart into its constituent compounds, which bonded with sulfur compounds naturally present in the human body to make dimethyl sulfate. The eggheads also postulated that when nurses defibrillated Gloria, that turned some of the dimethyl sulfone into dimethyl sulfate. But having the dimethyl sulfate in Gloria's body doesn't really explain what happened to the hospital staff still. While still in Gloria's blood, the dimethyl sulfate would be unstable and break down relatively quickly. The eggheads posited, based on an experiment they conducted in the lab, that when Gloria's blood was drawn in the ER, the change in temperature from Gloria's warm body to the relatively cool emergency room air allowed enough of the dimethyl sulfate to remain intact in her blood, which then built up in the syringe, which was used to draw the blood from the body. The Livermore scientists speculated that the dimethyl sulfone crystals in Gloria's blood were converted to dimethyl sulfate and that the dimethyl sulfate either got vaporized or broke down into its constituent uh, constituent components, thus leaving no trace of the dimethyl sulfate. 
To support this hypothesis, the Livermore eggheads decided, uh, determined the doctors and nurses who were in the ER with Gloria described 20 different symptoms. Uh, Of those 20, 19 are the same types of symptoms exposure to dimethyl sulfate vapor produces. This led the Livermore lab to conclude that the hospital staff hadn't actually experienced mass hysteria. Instead, the staff had likely been poisoned by dimethyl sulfate fumes. In the end, the Riverside County Department of Health agreed with the findings of the Livermore lab. Riverside County believed that Gloria had received a very serious cancer diagnosis and, unfortunately, received it late enough, uh, late enough in the progression of the cancer that there wasn't much doctors could do to help. In an attempt to free herself from the pain or perhaps somehow turn back the progress of the cancer, Gloria began to cover herself in dimethyl sulfoxide gel, which, through a weird chain of events after her arrival at the hospital, got converted to dimethyl sulfate vapors, leading to the poisoning of the hospital staff. The hypothesis seems to make some sense, as it helps explain a lot of the weird things observed about Gloria, but not so fast. Gloria's family has denied that she used DMSO to ease her pain. They also denied that she used PCP for her pain, which was a hypothesis in this case at one point. So while the Livermore Lab egghead hypothesis was adopted by Riverside County and had been largely accepted by others as the most probable explanation for Gloria's death and the bizarre circumstances in the hospital that night, other hypotheses have been suggested and doubts have been raised. I guess first and foremost, it's important to point out the process of dimethyl sulfone breaking down into its constituents and combining with sulfates in the body to create dimethyl sulfate has never been tested or reproduced in a lab, and it's not really known if it's even possible. Uh, to be fair, the Livermore scientists have acknowledged this fact. Uh, in fact, the eggheads at Livermore were pretty surprised when Riverside County was just like, yep, this is what happened. Uh, the Livermore scientists said they prepared their report as a possible explanation, but that it still needed to be tested and investigated further. An alternate hypothesis in this case is that Gloria was accidentally exposed to chemicals used in the production of methamphetamine while she was at the hospital. Here we go. Now we're back in old Artie's wheelhouse, baby. Meth. You know it. You love it. According to the New York Times... According to the New Times LA, some people working at General Hospital in Riverside were involved in making meth and struggling their ing- and smuggling their ingredients in IV bags. One of these was accidentally hooked up to Gloria. The chemicals of interest in this case are anhydrous ammonia and uh, methylamine, uh, which might explain the ammonia-like odor in Gloria's blood. Some organic chemists don't find the Livermore hypothesis convincing, saying that the human body doesn't get hot enough to break down dimethyl sulfone into its component parts. Other folks have said that the symptoms experienced by the hospital staff actually are not consistent with dimethyl sulfate exposure. Neurosurgery professor Jack De La Torre said that dimethyl sulfate behaves like tear gas, and in fact, dimethyl sulfate is listed as a chemical weapon, even though it's never really been used in warfare. Um but that dimethyl sulfate should make you cry. But according to Jack De La Torre, none of the hospital staff reported eye irritation or tears. Others have claimed that dimethyl sulfate symptoms, aside from crying, may take hours to set in. The hospital staff began to experience them almost immediately after exposure. Some citizen sleuths feel like Gloria's symptoms sound like symptoms of arsenic poisoning. They speculated that Gloria was trying to treat her cancer with remedies that may 
have contained arsenic. There you have it, bunk funkers. The mysterious case of Gloria Ramirez. So far. I don't know about you, bunk funkers, but learning about Gloria Ramirez sure has me feeling odd. There's like this this emptiness, like like a hunger in my mind tummy. I'm not sure why it's happening, but I think I know the cure. I can smell it in the air. Whiff with me. (laughs) Smell that. That's the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the curious death of Gloria Ramirez. Man, this is a confusing one. Woo-wee! This is a head-scratcher. I mean, confusing for some. I know a lot about the topics and the names covered here because I'm the farm artist. Um, So I know what's up. I always, every time I go to the pharmacy, I am definitely able to even say the names of the prescriptions that I need to get. Yeah. I have a feeling that I definitely don't always say, oh, it's the one that starts with L, right? And then I take it for my allergies. You, uh, I assume every time you go to the pharmacy, like the staff there, the people that, you know, like the pharmacist in charge and all the like farm techs Mm -hmm. that work in the pharmacy are probably just like super impressed at you. And they're probably like, oh, you probably have a degree in farm, farm, pharmacology, right? Because you certainly know Ah. all of the drugs Uh and, you know, you know so much about them and how they work and stuff. I'm always trying to impress the nurses and doctors by re-saying the names of drugs um, accurately. So they think I'm like fucking cool and they like, uh, I can't wait to check out my bod. Yeah. I always try to impress doctors and nurses by, I try to act like I can predict what's wrong with people. So like, I'll be like, oh, I saw somebody in the waiting room. You're probably going to see them next. I think that uh, they have a broken leg. And they're like, this is where I'm not that... I'm an inter. I'm an internal doctor. Like nobody would come here for a broken leg. That would, they would go to the hospital. And I'm like, hmm, well, we'll see. You do. You care. Maybe they will have a broken leg by the time you get to see them. Wink. You do. Do you actually? Uh, you have a really like kind of. You're kind of an asshole, but like people respect you, and you walk with a cane, and you're always saying it's not lupus. It's never fucking lupus. And you're just like a huge fucking cunt to everybody, but like everyone respects you and likes you for some reason. Even though I think that show is so fucking boring. You know, that's you. Yeah, that is me. They call you cabin. Yeah. Cabin. That's what everyone calls me. You just like fucking 
walk your cane into the room and you're like, I know the diagnosis. Died of a broken heart. People are like, uh, no, no, she's she, alive. These are gunshot wounds. She's alive still. Yeah. We were able to resuscitate her. And I'm like, well, she won't be. And then I unplug all the life support machines. <laughs> and we're like, who let cabin in here? And I go, ah, it's a medical mystery. <laughs> Shut up, residents. I own you. <laughs> cabin. I like that you said I walk Andy, my Andy Cabin MD. I like that you said I walk my cane in there. Like I'm just <laughs> taking my cane for a stroll. And you drag it behind you. <laughs> I don't need a cane to walk. It's like a pet to me. It's like a pet rock. <laughs> it's a medical mystery. I just know it's not lupus. Just know it's, it's never lupus. Everyone says lupus, but it's never lupus. Um. This is, man, this is a head scratcher. I don't feel like I'm qualified enough to know what to say. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that the Livermore lab hypothesis has become like almost like so widely accepted as the explanation in this case. But it's like to me, I'm kind of like, but they never tested all that stuff. I know. Like it's all hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Hypothetic. I have no fucking clue. So they, they've, they've. I mean, yeah, it sounds great if you just like take it at face value. It's like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, oh, this makes good sense. And like, I get how they got there. Like, I'm they not, know better than I. Yeah, they're very smart. Um, you know, there's like the way that they did this is they checked. Like, they saw this thing about uh, DMSO in the autopsy report, the speculation about DMSO. And then they got to this point where they were like, well, you know, it's possible that this stuff could have like, when they put oxygen into Gloria's body at the hospital, all of this stuff just started getting bonded with oxygen, you know, cause they like hooked her up to oxygen in the, in the ambulance. So it's like, she's getting all this oxygen. She's got all this, like she can't, her body, her liver's damaged from Tylenol codeine her kidneys are failing because of cancer. Um, which I mean, God, her death is even suspicious. Is that was there actually a toxic gas leak at the hospital, and that's what caused her to die? Her family says maybe. Wow. But at any rate, they pump her full of oxygen, and then so Livermore is saying like, okay, well, this oxygen that all bonds with this dimethyl uh, sulfoxide that's in her body, it gets converted to dimethyl sulfone, which is then what they they observe in the hospital. Um, you know, uh, that's those crystals that are in the blood. And then by, and the, it was all like, that would be fine. That wouldn't have like created any dimethyl sulfate at that point. Uh, or if it did, if that was happening in her body, it would just be like in the blood it would be unstable in the blood. But then when they pull it out of her body, it changes temperature from being inside her body the relatively warm body to this hot, this cold, like emergency room. And then that's when this conversion happens. It builds up in the, the collection device for her blood. And then it just gets released into the air and makes everybody sick. Vaporized into the air. Kind of convoluted. The oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like, so it's like the most, it's like, 
that's like it feels like a one in a billion chance. Yeah, but a one in a billion chance can happen. Yeah, sure. It's not impossible. Well, that's the thing is, some organic chemists say it is impossible. Some say it is they, impossible, but nobody's. But they're fucking the nerdiest of all nerds. No yeah. one likes organic chemistry. Organic chemistry is. If like- you're studying to become a doctor, you know what's up. Yeah. You took that organic chemistry class. Your wife took that organic chemistry class. Yeah. Everybody knows how much that class sucks. Yeah. But if you actually liked that class, it's like, goddamn. I mean, fucking power to you, but Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, you never really hear anybody going like, oh, yeah, I love organic chemistry. Well, I love studying all these compound names. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to. I never took a chemistry class in my life. <laughs> they wouldn't let me anywhere near those Bunsen burners. They didn't want me mixing chemicals. They didn't want me looking at chemicals. They didn't want me heating anything. Uh, they were afraid that I was going to eat the beakers. Yeah, I was never good at the hard sciences. I couldn't get hard. Yeah. I was better at the impotent sciences. Yeah. <laughs> the flaccid sciences. The flaccid sciences. Yeah. I was better there. I mean, I would, you know, I could slap my wet noodle brain around a little bit. <laughs> You can just say whatever bullshit you wanted in the the flaccid sciences, and people are like, yeah, check it out, yeah, it's fine, pretty good. Cool. Fucking bullshit about philosophy, way yeah, sure. That's plenty a of psychology, uh, whatever studies tests that I had to write up. Um, this is, I mean, this is like, I, why well, I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to like make light of it, but like, fuck, this feels like an X file. <laughs> this is like, this is like such a good X file episode. I believe they did an episode. Oh, I'm sure. Based on this. I'm sure. In the X-Files. And if I'm not mistaken. I either I don't remember it or I haven't seen it yet because I'm only on like season seven. So, um, but it feels like such an X-File. Like it's like it and, and, and it's just like I can already see the beats of the story. Like, you know, Mulder makes some quip up at the top about something about this case stinks, Scully. And then Scully is probably super into it, thinks it's a scientific thing. It turns out it's probably aliens. She probably has alien DNA. Um, but, you know, Scully is the one who comes up with the crazy hypothesis that no one can figure out. And that's what they end up going with because the smoking man or somebody else destroys the alien evidence. And ba-da-ba-ba-da-bum. The, uh... What it looks like this is uh, like, let me see if I'm right. The Erlenmeyer uh, flask. Do you have a season? It's season one. Aired in 1994, episode 24, season one. That was a while ago. I haven't seen season one. Although... I got to see if this is actually lines up. Yeah. Let's see. Chris Carter wrote the teleplay for the episode. Um, scene where the, where poisonous fumes alien emitted by Dr. Uh, Seeker was uh, inspired by the case of Gloria Ramirez, which occurred in California. Carter remembered this when writing the script and it became an established aspect of the mythology in subsequent seasons. So I guess Gloria Ramirez had a big impact on the whole series. That's right. Ah, yes. I don't remember this one. Yes. But it's been so, so uh, long since I've seen. I do remember that very briefly. And um, 
regardless, it does kind of happen throughout the series in that like alien DNA is like poisonous and it's like basically acid and um yeah, I remember that one. Anyway. Yeah. Feels like an X-File because it kind of fucking is. Yeah, I mean honestly. I fucking have no clue what happened to this poor lady. Because even though they adopted all these official like explanations for things, nothing's been proven. Something happened. I'll tell you right away. I'm not buying the mass hysteria thing. Maybe a little, but not for everything. No, maybe a little, but not for everything. Like maybe after the first few people passed out, <laughs> there started to be some mass hysteria. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Necrosis in your knees, hepatitis, pancreatitis. Like, no way. What the fuck, dude? Like, this- what the fuck can you put on your body that you can get a hold of? That would cause someone else just by whiffing it. Well, that's to get the thing. Literally weak in the knees. BMSO on its own, not not bad necessarily, right? right. Like it's not really toxic. Is that what is in Icy Hot and I Ben Gay? I don't think so, because this hasn't really been approved for any medical oh. uses. Like the DMSO, though, it's like because it's not approved for medical uses, you you can't you can't just go to the drugstore and buy some. Where do you get it? You get it at a hardware store as an axle decreaser for trucks, but it's 99% pure. So if she was using this, she's <laughs> like fuck. way overusing it. Yeah. Because they're speculating like, oh, she took this super concentrated version of DMSO, spread it all over her body to help ease the pain. Because she, she found out like only six weeks before that she had stage four cervical cancer. Yeah. So this cancer was very advanced when right. she found out. Um. So the doctors were just like, there's not much they can do at that point. Like, yeah, they can only just help her deal with the symptoms. Uh, and so it's like they people just speculate that she went and bought like a tube of this degreaser from the hardware store because this has been like a popular since the 60s, like a popular folk remedy for like cancer and stuff. Mm. Not necessarily to cure it, but. To like ease the pain. Yeah. Because it's like like topical pain reliever. So then she gets this buildup of all this DMSO in her body. It gets converted to this dimethyl sulfone when it's like they pump the oxygen in. Because she's just got all this dimethyl, this DMSO, just dimethyl sulfoxide just floating around in her blood. Right. Because she's taking so much of it. Um, I Dude, like. I don't know. That's you, that guess is as good as mine. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what a lot of people say is like, oh, this is, it's plausible, right? But it's like, no, they don't know. Like Livermore Lab never fully tested this out. It's never been observed in any other case where dimethyl, uh, dimethyl uh, sulfone has broken apart in a human body. Because like one of these organic chemists said like, hey, I can I can use this stuff as a solvent up to 300 degrees. Like the human body's not hot enough right. to make it split apart. So I don't know. Because they've never observed it actually just breaking down and then bonding with sulfates in the body to make something toxic. <laughs> Art's just shrugging and shaking his head. I don't head. fucking, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's a It's a head scratcher. I can't think of anything else, like unless the, you know, I don't know, like there's something that people aren't telling us about what she did or didn't do. The hospital's hiding something, I guess. I guess the thing with the Livermore uh, solution is that it like accounts for every weird thing. Right. There's no weird thing left un 
accounted for. Whereas like, if you say, oh, she was using like, like she was, she got poisoned by constituent like components of meth because they were smuggling them in IV bags in the hospital. I was like, well, why did everyone else get sick? Right. It's like, what turned it into a toxic gas? Like she would have just, that would explain the ammonia smell. But I guess if you believe the mass hysteria hypothesis, that could maybe explain it. Why did thing. she have fruity, garlicky breath? She just yeah. eat a bunch of fucking garlic <laughs> fruit. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you take DMSO out of it, it's like, it's a weird. Would the DMSO cause the fruity, garlicky smell? Oh yeah. DMSO. Like that's people experience that. It smells like fruit and garlic. Like if you like in your body, that's what like people will report like having a fruity or garlicky smell. So it's like got this. Are you covered in DMSO? I wish. No, I just eat a lot of garlic apples. It's this whole, this thing I grow in my orchard. Oh yeah. Where it's a combination of Your garlic orchard. and apples. So it's just an apple. It's an apple sized bulb of garlic, but it doesn't have that papery skin. So I can just bite into it. <laughs> God, you're disgusting. That would be so like raw, like raw as garlic. Like, oh yeah, uncooked. it's raw, baby. Just the way I likes it. Jesus Christ. But it does have a little bit of an apple flavor, too. Oh, wow. Nice and sweet. So DMSO explains fruity garlicky. Which is a wing sauce I look forward to when I go to BW3. BW3. They don't call it that anymore, do they? They call it Buffalo Wild Wings only. No, B-dubs. B-dubs. Colloquially. Yeah. No one calls it Buffalo Wild Wings. Hello, would you like to go to Buffalo Wild Wings with me? It's like, no, we're going to B-dubs. Yep, uh, originally started as Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck, which is some kind of a Polish food. And the original location was right across the street from my college dorm. Used to go there for 25 cent wing night. If you can believe that, bunk funkers, that wings ever used to be 25 cents a wing. Can you believe that? How many of those bad boys would you put down? Oh, easily 15 dozen. Let me guess your order. 15 of the hottest ones possible. 15 mango habaneros. And then 15 of the garlic. Parmesan. You're pretty close, actually. I would do like one hot and one not as hot. Usually. Like, so usually uh, a good combo for me would be like one honey barbecue, like one set, you know, whatever. Eight, 10, 15, 15, 30. Uh, honey barbecue and then you know 30 hot barbecue or hot barbecue yeah I thought you would go up to like triple hot oh yeah I did uh, you know what's there what's the top thing at, at hot 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 yeah they have that hot 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 sauce I don't know it's like like TNT the hottest one they got top the, whatever the top of the, the thing is like I would get that whatever it's called how many of them I don't know I think one time I got like 10 dozen of them or something a dozen so then you would get that and then you would get honey barbecue. Something else like, you know, like like garlic parmesan or something just because it tastes good. Right? The hot ones didn't? No, the hot ones do taste good. It's just nice to get some variety, you know? If honestly, if they could just bring me a little sample of each sauce, that would be the best. That's my artist choice whenever I go somewhere to eat wings and they have all these wing sauces. It's like, what sauce am I going to get? That's true. Because I'm I'm a big sauce connoisseur. You're a huge sauce guy. I'm a, I'm probably, a condiment guy. 
the number one fucking sauce guy. I practice safe eating. I always use a condiment. Um, one time I went to B Dubs with my friend Ian, and he got a like a fucking like a flatbread pizza. <laughs> yeah, who are these fucking idiots that go to Buffalo Wild Wings and they get fucking cheeseburgers? <laughs> And st- salads, it's like, who the fuck are you? Eat wings. I can't, I can't wait to send him that clip as well. <laughs> he fucking hates when I do this. Yeah. Bring up stories about him and then send him clips about it. So he gets so offended. Ripping on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't be an idiot, Ian. We won't have to rip on you, dude. Woo-wee! He said it, not me. Um, <laughs> Did the flatbread pizza at least have like something to do with the wing sauces or chicken? I think it had chicken on it, like little chunks of chicken. Wow. I had once. Might have had grilled chicken, to be honest. I had something else at uh, B Dubs once that wasn't wings. Yeah. It was really underwhelming. <laughs> oh, I imagine the I wings are probably underwhelming as well. Oh yeah, they're like so small. It's like you got to eat like fifty of them yeah. just to like right. feel anything. Right. I like these big jumbo wings. <laughs> Give me a big fat jumbo wing. Yeah, like the Korean fried chicken wings that we used to get from that one place. Oh my god, they were so good. Those really are fucking good. I love the I love chicken wings. Green fried chicken wings. There's a lot of really good places. And uh we've had quite a few yeah. together. We've Chicago, shared quite a few wings. Chicago, a lot of a lot of Korean chicken places that really crispy exterior. Yeah. Um, usually like a sweet, spicy sauce. It's like a double fried exterior, yeah. Yeah. And I those are all things that I love. Anyway, this poor lady who died. Oh uh, yeah. Uh Gloria. <laughs> it really is sad, truthfully, because she was only thirty one. Yeah, that really fucking sucks. Um, I mean, I'm twice her age at this point. And it really hits hits home, you know. You think, like, all the stuff you could have missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are some of the other theories? There's There's the DMSO, but then, like, there's the meth one. There's a lot of naysayers. What do you mean? There's a lot of naysayers to the Livermore hypothesis. So what what what's the basis of a lot of their arguments again? It's just that this this process that they're suggesting hasn't been tested and that people don't feel like what the hospital staff experienced was consistent with dimethyl sulfate poisoning or like exposure hmm. because, you know, like some people say, oh, it's like tear gas and they should have experienced irritation to their eyes. Like that's the big danger with these chemicals is that it'll degrade your eyes and nobody experienced eye irritation. It was all other stuff, which even though people can experience it, you know, some of the skeptics say, well, that would be like, they wouldn't experience that until hours later. Like those symptoms take a while to set in. And these people were experiencing them almost immediately. God. Cause it's like, they draw the blood and then they like, you know, they took a whiff of the syringe because it's got this ammonia smell. And they're just kind of investigating. And then they, the nurses just start dropping. Like after that, the first nurse is like walking out of the room with the blood and she like collapses. And so the, you know, somebody else then a little bit later collapses, somebody else collapses after that. And then they're just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta get people out, out of the hospital. Something's happening. And it's interesting too, that the hospital's first inclination, the, the doctor that was in charge of the emergency room didn't say let's evacuate Gloria Ramirez outside. Let's evacuate everybody but Gloria Ramirez outside. So if Gloria Ramirez is the problem, 
wouldn't it have made sense to evacuate her to the outside rather than evacuate literally all the other patients in the emergency room? Does it suggest that the doctor believed that the problem was with the hospital and not with Gloria? Yeah, I mean, the thing... Of course, he didn't know at the time. Right. You could say that. He's got plausible deniability. But does it does that support that, hey, there were problems at this hospital? The hospital was a dangerous place. The staff there knew that there was a potential for, like, unsafe conditions. And that's their, like, they're like, oh, crap, this is happening again. Get everybody outside. I mean, it just happened the year before. Yeah, they had a sewage leak, sewage gas leak. I mean, will that fuck you up to that degree, though? I think it depends on the, like... You spend a lot of time around sewage. I do. Um, and, you know, it, it can make you sewage. feel... It can make you feel... People, unfortunately, call Gloria Ramirez the toxic lady. They call you the toxic man. Yeah, and I deserve it because yeah. I smell bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you have I a very great per- personality. Mm-hmm. I'm awful to be around and to interact with. So I deserve it. You love Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. You think Rick and Morty is so fucking funny. I love Rick and Morty. It's and such it's, a smart show. You know, and it's one of those shows. Turn himself into a fucking pickle. It's one of those shows that I just don't know that females get as much as males do. You were so mad about the Sichuan sauce. You were ranting and raving. You were ranting and raving at that McDonald's prior to Rick and Morty. Right. I go in there every day. More cause. I go in there every day and I always scream at the staff uh, that work there because I don't think that they get that I'm an important customer and I don't feel like they value me. And then when they don't have Sichuan sauce, like, I'm sorry, but I go into a rage. A fucking rage. It doesn't make sense. They knew this was coming. Why didn't they have more Szechuan sauce? It's not my job to tell McDonald's how to run their company, but I'll do it if I have to. Fucking idiots. You hear that, Ronald? You hear that, Ronald McDickhead? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Jesus Christ, Andy. Well, I'm starting to get fucking high off the fumes coming off you, you toxic man. <laughs> um, should we get to some verdicts? If we oh, even fuck. Can? I don't even know what to say. I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to say. I'm so conflicted by this one. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, researching this, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Because like a lot of things that you read about it sort of just set it up as like, yeah, this Livermore thing is like, this is just what happened. Right, this is what happened. But then it's it's like when you read more of this like stuff that's skeptical of that, you're like, oh, shit. They weren't ever saying that this is what happened. They're saying like, this is maybe this what could happened. happened maybe. This, this is what we think is the most likely possibility based on what we've seen so far. But you have to test this still. And it's never been like proven definitively. So this is just like, I don't know, out there. All right, I think I have a verdict in my head, but... uh... So I'm going to say right away, verdict on this, like, how did Gloria die? Like, unfortunately, I'm saying that it's case closed on how she died. Yeah. That I think that she had renal failure. Sure. Due to cancer. And that she just... Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that... I don't think that's in question. I don't have enough evidence to suggest that the hospital, like... The conditions were so poor that she died because she had problems before she was failing before she ever got to the hospital. Right. Like she was already critical when she arrived. Like, I don't think the conditions at the hospital contributed right. sufficiently in my mind to her passing, even though they might not have been great. Um, 
So as for what happened to the staff, I guess the first thing we talked about mostly was the Livermore hypothesis. Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess I just have to go straight plausible. I mean, what can you say? Like, I, well, no way. I'll give it a plausible plus. Because it seems like they explained- I shamed him, Bung Funkers. I shamed him by making a face. Whenever he goes plausible, I shame him. Yeah. So I'll go plausible plus so I won't have to feel that shame. Because, look, I guess they explained a lot of things, but it's not tested. It's not tested. It's not proven. It's but hypothetical. I, I don't feel like giving it a negative because they actually explained everything, whereas I don't feel like any other hypothesis for this really, like, explains everything. Yeah. Um, as for, like, unsanitary... Okay, mass hysteria. Like, I'm going case closed. I don't think it can explain everything. Get out of here, Def Leppard. Mass... This is not a case of hysteria. Pour some case closed on this one because <laughs> like I I could see some of the the staff being being like victims sure. of a mass hysteria because when stuff starts happening you might be like oh shit maybe I don't feel yeah. so good either. Mm -hmm. But I can't it doesn't explain everything. And then for unsafe conditions at the hospital um I guess I'll go plausible plus on that too. Oh, it very well could have been the hospital's own like fucking negligence that made everybody in that room sick. A lot of people got sick. A lot of people got sick. A and lot of people. I mean, most of the people that a majority of the people in the emergency room that night got sick. And it does read like kind of skeptical to me of like the doctor says, get everybody out. Like that tells me maybe like he's thinking, oh, shit, this is this kind of shit already happened a bunch. I don't want to get in a bad situation here. I got to get everybody out, but we can leave this, you know, we can keep one patient in here who needs the most care right now. And who is like failing anyway, like we can keep up the efforts on this. Right. So I don't know, but at the end of the day, I don't fucking know what to make of this. This is a real, this is a noodle scratcher. It's a noodle scratcher. We're in the pool. We got our pool noodles out. We're scratching, scratching them left and right. Our, scratching our noodles. Um, Great verdict, Andy. I'm going to say, uh, yeah, case closed. Uh, Glory Ramirez died of cancer, or, well, things caused by her cancer. Uh, no debate there. What, uh, in mass hysteria, I'm going to do plausible quirk. Ooh. The smallest you can possibly do. Um, I don't believe that. The Livermore egghead hypothesis, plausible minus. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> It's too untested. It's too raw. It's too extreme. Okay. It's got pink spiky hair. It's drinking Mountain Dew. It's doing tricks off of a half pipe. It's just way too fucking rad. <laughs> it's riding a BMX bike through, the, through the ER. <laughs> it's it's on a skateboard grinding on hospital beds, ollieing yeah. off the doctors and nurses. It's got a milk mustache. It's telling me to drink milk. Yeah. It's asking me if I got milk. Um it's way and too it's, extreme. It's asking if you got milk. It's pinching your nipples. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Sensitive nips, please. Stay away from me, Livermore Eggheads. Um, Possible minus, huh? The uh, something negligence on the behalf of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Possible plus and a third. Wow, I think that's a brand new. It's a brand new one. I've never heard that one We've before. We've made a, I mean, you know, there's a few of them, but uh, plausible plus and a third. I'm in between plausible plus and plausible plus and a half. Not going as strong as plausible plus and a half, but I'm not back at plausible plus. I do think now that you mentioned that that many people got sick or had some kind of symptom, 
right? Fucking necrosis in the goddamn knees. Like, come on. That's crazy. Hepatitis, pancreatitis. What did you say? Yeah, she had. So this one nurse had. One nurse. Had apnea. Apneas. Um, then developed. That eventually cleared up. But um, then developed hepatitis, pancreatitis, and this necrosis of the knees, which again is the tissue of the knee dying yeah. because it's not getting sufficient blood flow. And all of this developed after she treated Gloria Romero's. So either there was something that happened in that ER room that night that maybe interacted with Gloria Ramirez's DMSO soaked body uh, that caused some sort of other weird fucking chemical reaction that I don't know how that shit works. <laughs> yeah. Some weird alchemy went on there. Uh, everything turned to Midas. The alchemy of science. Um, but uh, some went down, and I think you're right. The, it's it's interesting that he was immediately like, get everyone else out of here. Maybe that's protocol. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But I think something happened to that hospital that night that caused that kind of stuff. I don't think that. I think Gloria Ramirez definitely like soaked her body in DMSO though. And that didn't help. Yeah. But contributed something contributed something. Yeah. But I don't think that there's any case of DMSO fucking causing that level of Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, and he's fuck. throwing shit all over the bar. Oh fuck. Anyway, bunk fuckers. Those were our verdicts. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Um, Hashtag farm artsy. <laughs> you know what? My pharmacist is actually incredibly sweet. I had surgery and I got drugs prescribed for the surgery after the surgery. Painkillers that I did not touch because I'm not fucking with that shit. By the um, way, bunk Not even once. Art had penile reduction surgery. <laughs> and he has to have another one because well, it grew back. It's true. I have pe I had penile reduction surgery and then I put everything into my glutes. Right. It was an elective surgery to make my penis smaller and my butt bigger. They took off 40 inches of his penis and put it into his butt. That's right. He had a three. <laughs> he had a It was a glute graft. He had a five foot long penis. Buying pants was so difficult. Um but she like remembered that and then like asked me sometime later when I went in like months later, pick up a different prescription. Like, oh, how are you feeling? Like, how's it? it's like, I was like taken aback. I was like, how the fuck do you remember that? Wow. You care about your patients? This is so weird. Wow. Or the people that you serve? Like, that's incredible. What a nice pharmacist. So shout out to my pharmacist. Not going to tell you where they're located or who they are. I use a mail order pharmacy. <laughs> oh, like your mail order bride. Yeah. There's there's sexy Russian drugs that it's, just want to come over and get a. It's just like my mail order bride in that I keep paying for drugs, but they never get shipped to me. Uh, anyway, bunkfuckers, those were our verdicts. Use the hashtag farmartsy and let us know what you think about the Glory Ramirez case. As always, you can email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, YouTube search Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast or Mr. Bunker Pod. And if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so, you can donate on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 
Mr. Bunker Pod. Get access to our entire back catalog, over 30 hours of audio content of Andy and Art Debunked, a Patreon-only show. Get access to the Bunker Discord. We can chat with Andy and I and other Bunk Funkers. Uh, the Bunker Newsletter, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, big, big news before it's released to the public. And, uh, yeah, other shit, too. I don't know. There's other stuff in there. Bunker alarms and whatnot. So, you have to check it out. <laughs> just, just fucking check it out. You just look at it. And check it. out that Bunker merch. Apparently, there's merch for this show already. There's only, we're only two episodes in. There's merch. Wow, merch? Yeah. Huh. You can buy Welcome to the Bunker t-shirts. They have a collage of... Does it have directions to the bunker? No, it, but it does oh, have a fuck. whole enchilada on it and a collage of colorful characters wow. and references to various conspiracy and paranormal topics. Wow. Wait, also, it has a whole enchilada on it? Yeah. Did he know we were going to say that? I guess I guess he just was smitten with that phrase, huh. the whole enchilada. So. God, he worked fast on this merch. He's a fast worker, Mr. Bunker, the titular Mr. He definitely Bunker. got that merch out really fast and it didn't, you know... He didn't have to like bring it up multiple times, and then it kept getting delayed for a host of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't get it delayed for a full calendar year for a host of reasons because there definitely wasn't a business entity that needed to be set up just in order for to sell like a couple fucking t-shirts. But that definitely never needed to happen. No, I mean, <laughs> and that definitely didn't delay it a whole nother fucking six months. Because that shit's really complicated, and uh, it's hard to figure out when you don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing none of that stuff happened in this. Definitely was good just thing. available right away. It happened right away. Anyway, um, Andy, any last words on this case? I just think that it is really unfortunate, sad, what happened to Gloria Ramirez to die so young from, yeah. I mean, such a horrible thing. Like, cancer is so bad, and... Um, you know, it's just, this is a real, this is a, this is a, an interesting case. And I hope someday to be a scientist and I will study. Wow. I will study dimethyl sulfone to uh -huh. dimethyl sulfate conversion in the body. Okay. I'll see. Well, Andy, I hope, I hope the bunk funkers and I are going to hold that to you. You're going to have to go become a scientist now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know, you shouldn't say it on air if you're oh, not going to do it. We're not liars. Oh, God. Well, Andy's got to hit the books. So for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my golem. <laughs> my golem co-host. Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Nasty little artsies. He tricks us. Hey there. hey there, I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon.